the part that women who do live into the goals and the dreams that they have really understand. They go to the I section. They go to what is important and they prioritize a little bit of that happening every day. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly. So you might have heard me on other episodes mention how since the start of COVID, we've been recording these episodes in my walk-in closet. (laughs) I've set it up to kind of function and actually it's been working pretty well. It's really sweet in here. And as I sit here in my closet today, I'm thinking about spring cleaning. I'm thinking about all the things that I'm ready to start clearing out of my house as we enter this new season of spring here in the Northern Hemisphere. And when I look at my clothes and just the things that I've accumulated over time, I often think about, okay, so what do I want to be doing in this new season ahead of me or this new year? And what clothes are actually going to be good for that? Because before I can go in adding in something new, I need to make space, right? I need to make space so that there's a place for it to be. Because A, I might already have something similar and B, I like to keep a little wiggle room in my closet. When things are all jam-packed in, that doesn't feel good either. And it's just really hard, not just when we talk about clothes, but anything to welcome in something new that we want or we'd like to experience or enjoy, like a new project or a new goal, a new job, a new relationship, maybe a new focus on your health or heck, a new puppy for that matter. If we don't have the room for it to reside in, well... This month, we're going to be talking on Messy and Magnificent about bringing something new into the world and specifically what it takes to not just have a good idea, but how we pragmatically, practically live into that so that we can both enjoy this new venture, find some success in it, and then sustain that success while being able to appreciate everything else going on in our days. So whether we're talking about bringing in to the world a new career that you've got, a new job or a new task or a new project, maybe a new way of being in relationship with yourself or somebody else, a new dream or a new town or city you want to move into, or heck, just a new springtime wardrobe. This is the episode for you because I find it really interesting. 15 years into coaching now that the folks who are doing very well at something are the folks who do not do it all. The folks that are known for doing something well consciously decide not to do other things. That's just the deal. So today we're going to outline a very simple system for knowing what it makes sense for you to keep doing and what you can afford to let go of. So that in our upcoming episodes, as we map out your new goal, your new dream, your new focal point, you're going to have the time and the energy and the space and the resources to take it from idea to reality. Because if you're ever feeling like you work plenty hard all day long, but you're frustrated that you're not getting the results you want, 
or you're not making progress at the pace you'd like, this foundational conversation is going to be really important. This is very much a clear things out of your professional closet or calendar kind of episode. You can expect to walk away from this conversation feeling more clarity about where to focus your attention and where you can afford to soften or stop focusing all together. So I'm coming in hot and clear with my intention for you today. I want to make sure that you have more space so that you can actually focus on what it is that is truly important for you with far less guilt or distraction or fogginess about where to begin. Cool. (laughs) So before we get started here, this is my favorite part where I get to pause and give a shout out. And when I think about beginning something new. Coming top of mind to me, to my heart and my head is Aaron, our copywriter here for the show notes at Messy and Magnificent. Aaron joined us this year right in the mix of this show beginning to really pick up steam and she just got thrown into the hot kettle and I am in awe of her ability to capture the essence of our conversations here and type them up for those who appreciate them in a written format. Erin is moving from one country across the land to a brand new country. Erin, we are so fortunate to have you here at Messy and Magnificent, and your new country and neighborhood is really fortunate to have you moving in too. So hey, if you're listening and you're going through a big change, I would love to hear about it and give you a shout out too. Hop on over to iTunes, leave a review, tell me where you're listening from and what's landed for you on an episode. Because I find it rather extraordinary to know that women around the world have been tuning in together to our conversations here. The last time I checked, we had listeners in 48 countries, and that's amazing, especially coming from my home closet. So it is very possible that someone on the other side of the planet right now is relating to what you're experiencing. So let's make sure we have an opportunity to connect around that together. We really do rise well together. All right. So you know how when you sit down to get something done and you mean to just like, I don't know, real quick, check your email, but a message from a coworker or a client or a family member pings into your inbox or your cell phone. And the next thing you know, you're swept up in a new direction. You're putting out a fire and then you're trying to get back to the original task at hand, but a little distracted perhaps even frazzled after what you've just had to tend to. And there is certainly less time in your day now because you've just dedicated some of it to dealing with this thing that just cropped up. And these are just the external examples of things that can come in to distract us. But there's also the internal ones. Like when you sit down, if you are working from home right now, and all of a sudden the dishes in the sink start really bothering you. So you just want to do a few real quick, or you just want to throw in a quick load of laundry real fast or shop online for that new sweater, or, ooh, I'm just going to pay this bill real quick. Or if you are in your office or workplace, maybe you're tempted to walk down the hall to refill your water bottle or chat up with a coworker. And there's just this sense of urgency because perhaps these tasks, they might feel small and doable and could get just done real quick right? If you just addressed it right now, then you could get back to the other things and be able to focus, or at least that's what we tell ourselves. Well, let's talk about this for a moment. I was reading a really interesting research article recently by Dr. Alicia O'Kathan. She's a professor of health services research over at the University of Sheffield in the UK, and she published this study with her team in 2019 about the clinically unnecessary use of emergency and urgent care. 
Now, Dr. O'Kathan and her research partners launched this complex study because they were aware that lots of people were showing up at emergency or urgent care centers when their medical conditions were not actually urgent. And what was happening was it was flooding the urgent care system, making it really difficult, if not downright impossible, to treat the truly emergency level patients. There were so many little things pinging in during the day that the things that really did need attention weren't being tended to in the way they needed. And they found that there were six main things that were causing folks to seek emergency attention in what was really non-emergency situations. And one of them was the perception of urgency or anxiety, creating a need for reassurance. Now, I'm explaining this little bit of research here because what stood out to me was that her findings really echoed a theme in the coaching community that many of us have been aware of for years. And that is the practice of being able to discern the difference between what is urgent and what is actually important. And most of us were never taught how to do that. And they are not always the same thing. Urgent things will always feel like they need an immediate response, but really only emergencies need an immediate response. Sometimes when I'm in the Reclaiming Time studio, we make these kind of tongue-in-cheek remarks about, you know, if the house isn't burning down and nobody's bleeding, you take your sweet time. (laughs) Now, I know that saying that and being able to do it are two very different things. And the results from Dr. O'Kathan's study were complex, but this major theme emerged was that the place to fix or address this issue with people presenting with things that they were calling emergencies that really weren't wasn't with the individual who was seeking out the emergency services. The place to focus on was the larger medical system that needed to develop a pragmatic way of being able to tell what was urgent and what was important. And I think about it like this. I'm a visual thinker. We cannot build the career or the life or the health or the relationships we want for ourselves with the bricks of false urgency. Bricks that are made urgently in a rush or in a panic aren't sound, and they're going to make for a pretty shaky, unstable foundation and walls that continually fall down so that we have to keep building again and again every single day, which is why you can work all day long but still feel like progress is slow if it's happening at all. And this is exactly what you and I are going to outline together today. We're going to talk specifically about how you can tell the difference between what is important and what is urgent. And I'm going to show you how other women are doing that too. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, we will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know That boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. They're something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into, plus 
lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there. (laughs) Just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else. Because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. So let's break this down because if you're like me, I like organizations and sections here. Number one, we're going to define specifically what it means when something is either urgent or important. And then I'm going to give you some examples of how women are able to carve out for themselves the difference between the two. Then third, we're going to get practically into how to get to what is important when you still do have urgent things cropping up because we're real people. There really will be things that come out of left field each day. And finally, we're going to go over the mindset that makes being able to live into what is important and go in the direction you really want to go both doable and downright enjoyable. So number one, let's define urgency. When I'm talking about urgency, I'm talking about this acute sensation of having to tend to something immediately. It's often the items that are not necessarily important, and in a moment we'll discuss what an important item is, that if we build our day around these urgent things, they'll take up a lot of our time and energy and resources and yet not lead to much. So here's some examples of things that women commonly report to me that feel urgent. These are things like text messages, emails, client requests, family plans, like, hey, are you free to babysit? Or what should we get Sally for her birthday? Or can you pick up this thing from the store real quick? And something else that feels really urgent for a lot of us who are working at home, or if you ever do find yourself there, are house chores. Like, I need to vacuum all of a sudden, or I need to take out the trash, right? Things like that. Now, when we talk about how we can tell if something is urgent, meaning we have the acute sensation of having to tend to it immediately, but maybe we don't actually need to attend to it immediately. Well, I started a really interesting conversation with the women in the Boundary Academy. And if you're new here to Messy and Magnificent, the Boundary Academy is a program that I run for women who want to go from feeling like they've never got quite enough time or energy or resources to being able to have time and energy abundance and live into the careers and plans that they really care about. And so I asked them to tell me, how do they notice when something feels urgent? And this is some of what they reported back. They said, urgency feels like a tightness in my belly or my heart racing. Urgency feels like I can't think of anything else all of a sudden in that moment. All of my attention goes to this one thing. Or urgency feels like tension in my neck or a tight jaw, or my focus narrowing to a pinhole, or my brain starts to kind of shut down, or I feel tightness in my chest. And I'm going to pause here for a moment because there's lots of commentary about urgency feeling like tightness, which I think is really interesting. So tightness in my chest, tightness in my jaw, tightness in my belly, tightness in my neck, just noticing that. They also said urgency feels like anxiety or panic or not being able to sleep, or all of a sudden my breath becoming really shallow. So this is just some of what women are are reporting is what they notice when something feels urgent. And I would love for you to pause right here and consider, what does urgency feel like to you? 
How do you sense it? Is it in your body, like some of what these women describe, a tightness in their belly or a sensation in their low back or their heartbeat changing? Or is there some other information or other way you sense when something feels urgent? We're all a little different here. And so I'd love to share with you what other women are bringing forward, but I also want you to be able to notice what crops up for you when something feels urgent, because this will act as your little red flag. And when you have this sensation or this experience of, for example, one woman saying that her suddenly she can't think about anything else, then that might mean that something urgent, something that feels like it needs to be tended to, but is not actually important, has come your way. All right, so that's a little bit about urgency. Let's define what importance means. Things that are important are things that are related to what you most value. These are things that you either want to continue to experience or you would love to be able to begin to experience. So having a sense of what you value is really important, not just because it feels nice, but because this is what helps us know what is actually important or what's not. If we know a little bit about what you value, that will make every other decision about what you focus your time, energy, and resources on throughout the day a lot easier. Because if we can hold it up to the candle of what you value, we can say, okay, does this project or task or request lead towards more of what I value or not? And if it does, then it might be something that's actually important. And if it doesn't, perhaps it falls into the urgency category. And we'll talk about that a little bit more here. But you see, when we don't have a clear sense of what it is that we value, and what important focal points support that value, then it's really hard to know what to say yes or no to, right? So that's where I get a lot of questions about, Carly, how do I know if I should do this thing or not? And it's often about daring to pause and go to the foundation of what is it that I value, that I am championing right now at this moment in my life. Because if we know what we value, then we can ask ourselves, does this opportunity or request or project or activity lead me in the direction of that value? Or does it actually kind of stray me away for it? So for example, if you know that you value a sense of stability in your career, but you work for a company that's known to do reorganizations and layoffs and generally not just value its employees, then you might know that focusing extra hours that doing extra bonus time or doing extra requests outside of your actual job description doesn't lean into your values. It actually steers you away from what it is that you care about, which is a sense of stability, which might need to be cultivated someplace else if you're not getting it at work. So here's an example of some things that might feel important. Maybe getting good sleep is important to you or having time with your loved ones or earning a comfortable living or feeling like you can express yourself freely without judgment, or being out in nature. A lot of my clients, they like to go for walks. They like to be outside. So when I ask the women in the Boundary Academy, what do they notice when something feels important? They said things like, I feel focused. I feel excited. I feel drawn to it. I feel like my heart is bursting, but in a good way. I feel clarity. One woman said, I feel guilty if I don't take care of it. Another said, I feel open or expansive in my brain, or I feel quiet, or important things cause my voice to change, and I feel calm instead of chaos. When things feel important, I feel confident instead of feeling insecure. One woman said that things that feel important 
tend to have a positive connotation for her, whereas things that feel urgent feel a little bit more negative in nature or her response kind of leans in a more negative direction. So take a beat with me here. What does it feel like to you or what do you notice when something really is important to you? How do you sense that in your body or another way? And I really encourage you to jot a note or two down here about both urgency and importance. How do you notice each of those things cropping up? What information is presented to you when something feels important? This is going to be your telltale sign that whatever it is in front of you is worth tending to. It's worth noticing and perhaps worth prioritizing because it leads you in the direction that you really care about. So now that we've kind of defined a little bit here the difference between urgency and importance, let's get real practical. (laughs) Here we're going to start to outline how to practically get to what's important to you when urgent things are cropping up. Because this really interesting thing happens for a lot of women who live full lives, which is that we assume that because something is important to us, of course we're going to get to it. And with that assumption, if we don't actually have a strategy and a plan for tending to the important thing, what often ends up happening is it gets continually pushed to the back burner, even though it's important because we assume that because it's important, of course we're going to be able to take care of it at some point. But that isn't usually the case. So here's what you're going to do. I want you to grab a good old scrap of paper and go to the top of that piece of paper or some blank space and write down two or three or maybe four things that you really value right now. That might look like valuing meaningful human connection or valuing time outside or valuing an opportunity to upgrade in your career, or maybe you really value getting to eat really well and you'd like to be able to cook more of your own meals, or heck, you'd like somebody else to be cooking more of your own meals. Just jotting down what it is that is particularly meaningful to you, either right now or what you'd like to be experiencing moving forward. Next up below that, you're going to list all of the tasks that you've got on deck for today or maybe this week. But keep it pretty focal. Don't go any broader than this week. So you're going to write down everything you've got to do. This might look like things that sound like, I'm going to grocery shop. I'm going to send out these emails. I need to approve this PowerPoint presentation. I'm going to respond to my friend's text message. Maybe you need to pick up dry cleaning or you need to call somebody back. Just quick and dirty, write down everything on deck that needs to be tended to. Just get it all out of this beautiful mind of yours and out onto paper where you can actually see it. Set a timer if you need to and just get this baby done in a minute or two max. This doesn't need to be a long exercise. And now you're going to take the letter U and put that next to any item on that list that falls into the urgent category. Now it falls into the urgent category if it's one of the things that feels like it has to be done right away, but it doesn't actually lead you closer to your values. So if you notice, for example, you have this urgent feeling that you need to email back so-and-so who just sent you a message, but the truth is it would be totally fine if you responded tomorrow or next week or next month. Well, then that's the kind of item that gets a you. So take a moment and put a you next to everything that feels urgent. Next, we're going to do the flip side of that. You're going to look at your values and put an I next to everything that is actually important. And you'll know if it's important because it takes care of your values. It's related to one of your values or it fosters it or it tends to it. 
or because it meets the criteria of what it feels like in your body if something is important. So for example, if one of your values was meaningful human connection and on your list is calling back your best friend, well, that might actually be an important thing for you to do. So now we're going to have a list that's got mostly you's and I's on it, right? Now, here's the, the question I often get. What if something feels like both or neither? <laughs> what if you've got something on your list that's not 100% urgent and or not 100% important, or it's got competing values? For example, what if you both want to raise, so you want to do well at your job, and you really want to have more time out in nature? And it feels like those two things compete with each other because you need to put more hours in at work and you need to put more hours in at nature. Well, if you're wondering, what do I do with the things that are neither a you nor an I, either 100% or not at all? This brings me to the mindset that is really important, that makes all of this really doable and perhaps a lot more enjoyable. It is okay to not have perfect answers yet about what is urgent and what is important. If this is the first time you're doing this kind of exercise, it is entirely possible that this is like learning anything for the first time. So for example, you wouldn't expect to pick up a guitar if you've never played the guitar before and play it perfectly. It's the same thing when it comes to beginning to reclaim your time. So you can be messy about living into what's important and still make progress. So rather than trying to perfect this process, if any of that is cropping up and you're wondering what the best way to do this is, the best way to do this is to approach this practice of reclaiming your time and making sure that you get to what's important from a place of curiosity. Because curiosity opens doors to new ways of seeing things. And so if there's something on your list that you're not sure if it's urgent or important, or maybe it's neither or it's both, you might say, huh, I'm curious about this one. I wonder what that one is. And just notice it for right now. <laughs> we don't have to perfect this. Because the final step here is the part that women who do live into the goals and the dreams that they have really understand. They go to the I section. They go to what is important and they prioritize a little bit of that happening every day. Now, for a lot of women, myself included, we make that the first priority of the morning. And this doesn't need to be a lot of time dedicated to it, but it does mean doing 10 minutes of something that feels important. So again, if we go back to meaningful human connection being important to you, that might look like just sending a text message first thing in the morning or doing a quick phone call or scheduling a time for a longer conversation later on with somebody that you really care about that gives you life when you speak to them. So we're doing something right out of the gate and then you go back to the rest of your list. Then you go ahead and do whatever you feel like you need to do next, just as you would have done before, knowing that you've done the important thing. Now, everyone's a little bit different. And if you would rather schedule in doing the important thing at the end of the day, because that's when the kids have gone to bed, or that's when you've got more space or clarity for yourself, great. Just make sure that you schedule it. We have to do better than cross our fingers and hope to have the career or the health or the relationships that we want. We have to actually prioritize them. And here's the thing. For many of us, this will be the struggle of our lifetime. Prioritizing the thing that really gives us life, while it sounds easy and obvious, most of us know that by default, 
what it is that we really care about can accidentally go to the back burner. And so it really does take consistent checking in, reminding ourselves of our value, and then just prioritizing a little bit of what it is that we care about. In this way, little things really do add up to big results. And I'll give you an example of this. One of my clients always wanted to be able to travel for her career. She never knew when she was going to be able to do that. Her career required her to work in one specific hospital at a time. But it was just such a dream that one day she might be able to travel and offer medical services in multiple locations. And so she just started to play around with that. She decided after 10 years of it not happening accidentally, getting to travel was just not going to happen accidentally, that she was going to have to take responsibility for it. And she started to just do a little bit of research every morning. She started to Google different organizations that allowed for medical travel. She started to look at which of those organizations were hiring. Then she started to spend 10 minutes a day getting her resume ready and then 10 minutes a day scheduling interviews. And wouldn't you know it, at the end of a couple months, she had landed her dream traveling job. So she took this big thing, which is a shift in her career, and she broke that mountain of a project down into these doable molehills because she had a full schedule. She wasn't going to be able to do it all at once. It would have been ideal to do it all at once, but it just wasn't possible. And I so relate to her. That's how I wrote my first book. I wanted so bad when I wrote the grocery store adventure guide to go take a writing sabbatical. I wanted to be a writer in residence somewhere. I knew I could bang this book out in a matter of just weeks if I could focus my attention on it. But I had a full life and a career that was pretty demanding. And it occurred to me that the only way this book was going to get done would be if I did it in small pockets of time. And I wrote the grocery store adventure guide in 15 minute increments over the course of what ended up only being about three months. Because as I got a little mojo going, some days it was pulling teeth to get those 15 minutes in and I had to wake up 15 minutes earlier or say no to something else. It all began to add up. And then the next thing I knew, in my spare time, the little that I had, I was doing extra hours on the book because I was seeing its progress. And the progress itself gave me new zest. It gave me new gumption and new life. So in the example here that I talk about, whether it's me writing the book or my client who wanted to make this significant career change, we realized that small pockets of tending to what's important on most days, even though it wasn't perfect, even though I definitely had even full weeks where I fell off the wagon and I wasn't able to get to writing the book because important life circumstances came up or clients had extra special needs, there was still consistent progress happening. Didn't get to happen in the fancy ideal way I was dreaming up in my head, but it got done because I kept it simple and doable. So when we go over The four things we just covered, what urgency is, what importance is, how we begin to tell the difference between the two, and the mindset of being curious and just playing with this process. I want you to tell me what was important from this episode. If you only remember one thing that we've covered here, what would it be? Maybe it was something I said or an example that one of the women in the Boundary Academy shared about how they sense something urgent or something important. Or it could be some of the research from Dr. O'Kathan. Or maybe it's just something bubbling up within you. Take what's landing, hop on over to iTunes to tell me one thing that you're taking from this episode and a review. And I could give you a shout out based on your comments in a future episode. Or we're trying this new thing. 
If you want to leave a voice memo for Anitza on our team here at Messy and Magnificent, I can listen to your thoughts and we can share your actual voice in an upcoming episode. And I would love that. So that's Anitza at everybodythrive.com. A-N-I-T-Z-A at everybodythrive.com. Email her a quick voice memo of your takeaway from this episode and we'll add it in to an upcoming episode. I'll put a link to that in the show notes so that you can get right in touch with her. Because remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, like keeping an eye on the difference between what's urgent and what is actually important to you. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.